Welcome to the IBJJF podcast, the official podcast of the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. Tune in to hear interviews with the top coaches and athletes in the sport, as well as breakdowns and analysis of the biggest events. Let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back to the IBJJF podcast. My guest today is Andy Murasaki. Andy is a world's and pants silver medalist, and he's got a super fight coming up against Mateus Rodriguez on Friday, November 18th at the IBJJF Absolute Grand Prix. And just as a reminder, the Grand Prix is brought to you by Black Armor Kimonos and can be watched exclusively on flowgrappling.com. Andy, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you, Danny, for the for the invite. And I'm excited to be part of this IBJF super fight. I know last time I was supposed to fight against Levi and I had to pull out because of my my rib injury, like I told you already. And I'm just really stoked to be part of this event this time. This is going to be such an incredible event. We got the absolute Grand Prix bracket, five amazing super fights. Let's talk about your super fight to kick things off. You're going to be competing mm-hmm. against Mateus Rodriguez. I know you faced Mateus a couple times, once at Blue Belt, Nogi Worlds. And then once at purple belt in a different rule set, what do you remember about those matches with Mateus? Yeah, I remember when I fought Mateus. I actually fought him three times. The first time I ever fought him was in Pan Am's. I think when we were both juvenile, one still. Like it was probably my first match of the, the whole tournament, and I was able to win. Then the second time I ever fought him was the one you mentioned, Know Your World. And I lost to him. I think it was 2-0, something like that. Then the third time was, like you said, a pair belt and a different rule set in the key. I was able to win as well. But all of the three times I fought him, I felt him really uh, strong. You know, he's, he's a definitely strong guy. And especially for this upcoming fight, it's going to be medium heavyweight, you know, a day, a day before weighing and... I'm obviously not walking around middle middle heavyweight, you know. Uh, I'm probably like 180 right now, 175. So I think for this match, probably he he might feel stronger strength wise, but I'm 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 used to train with heavier people, stronger people, especially here at Atos. You know, a lot of the guys are heavier, so it should be fun. Like nothing new. I'm not, you know, if if I don't think. He's thinking that that's a, such an advantage because it's it's something I'm used to. It. You know, I'm training with heavier guys and stronger guys all day, every day. So it's nothing new for me. I, I don't see it as a disadvantage, to be honest. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because, like you said, you walk around around middleweight. I know you competed at the Worlds at middleweight, but you've competed at lightweight quite a bit too. So who are some of the yeah. guys at Atos that you're training with? Because you have a lot of options at medium heavy. Yeah, so right now, because I'm, I'm training for this, and even before, even if I'm training to compete as a lightweight, my my main training partners usually are Jonathan Gracie, Ronaldo Jr., and we also have Rolando Samson, right? Those three are probably my main training partners. Um, but also right now, Kainan is also getting ready for the GP, right? So Kainan is also my one of my main training partners right now. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> Kainan's even a little heavier than medium heavy. <laughs> yeah, he's like probably two twenty five, I think, two fifteen, something like that. He's he's a big boy. 
<laughs> but I, I love training with him. Like, I don't know if people realize, but he's really technical. Like, probably one of the most technical people I ever trained uh, between the heavyweights guy. You know, he's really technical. Like, I don't ever feel like scared or uncomfortable training with him. Like, you know, kind of, you know, when you're hesitating because you, you feel the risk of getting injured. I never felt that with him. He's always very technical training with him with me and other guys you know he knows how to train with smaller people so for me it's such a good training training with kind i learned a lot from him that's amazing we touched a little bit on your three fights with mateus but obviously those were at the lower belts those were years ago how do you feel that you and mateus have evolved since your last fights yes i, I think we both uh you know i've been at Atos since then he's been at aoj since, since since the time we, we first fought, you know, or the second time we fought, I believe. So I think we've been growing up in inside an environment where everyone is very professional, you know, so that also helps a lot with our growth, I think. I think we're both uh, on and off the mat a lot more mature athletes today. You know, we have a lot more experience. I think I might have a little bit more experience in the black belt since I've done pans and world's final things like this compared to him. But we are both at the same age, I believe. I think we're both 22. Um, we still just, you know, at the beginning of our career. So there's a lot, a lot more to happen. But I think it's, it's hard. I haven't seen him compete in a while, to be honest. Um, I've been competing since I, I was competing a lot before Worlds. I did pans and a bunch of opens and then did Worlds, but then I got injured and then I took a time off and then I started competing again last weekend, uh, two weeks ago, right? It's I, I did two opens in a row. So I've been more active than him, I believe. I think, yeah, I, I think that's one thing in my ad advantage, I would say. I'm, I've been more active competing compared to him, but I haven't seen him compete in a while, so I can't really, I don't really know what his game looks like or, you know, how he's performing at the moment, you know. But I'm sure he's going to be well prepared, otherwise he wouldn't accept this fight. And I'm, I'm, I'm well prepared too, I'm training, I'm feeling healthy, you know, happy, and very excited for next Friday, to be honest. You mentioned you've been competing the last couple weekends. You did the Charleston Open and then the Houston Open. I believe you had six total fights between the two competitions, five submissions. Is that correct? Yes. So I had, I had, I actually, I think I actually had two fights in Charleston. Uh, I was able to submit both of them, and then in Houston, I had three matches in the gi. I was able to submit those three matches as well. Awesome. And what did it feel like to get back to competition after taking that break from the rib injury? It feels good. Like, honestly, obviously injury, it, it sucks. You know, uh, it, you need a really strong mind to be able to, you know, keep yourself uh, positive and, you know, with your head up and things like this. But it was good to take this time off. You know, sometimes when we're just training to compete, to compete, sometimes it can be a very stressful environment sometimes. And this time off of the world, I think it was a very needed time for myself, you know, for my mind uh, to to make new goals, you know, have new goals in in, in my way and things like this. Um, 
and like I said, I don't like to compete. I, I, I never compete if I'm not if I don't feel like competing. You know, if I'm not ready to compete, if I'm not healthy to give a good show and things like this, I won't compete. That's why I had this time off. But now, since my rib injury is like 100% healed, I'm back to competitions and and in. In two weeks, I did two competitions. You know, next Friday I'm gonna compete again, and there's a bunch, um, uh, a lot more competitions coming up, and I plan on keep keeping myself active, you know, and just competing everything. Gi no gi, gi no gi. Yeah, you had great results since you came back, and I, I want you to talk a little bit about the rib injury. We spoke about it before we started recording, but can you tell everyone what what the rib injury entailed, where you sustained it, and what the process was like getting back to full health after the injury? Yeah, so. I, I injured my rib during Worlds, in, during my match against Tommy. Uh, I It was a weird moment. Like, I, I, I don't know actually how that happened, but I think he went to, like, he was trying to just create space and kicking my shoulder, things like that, I think, with the far, far side collar sleeve, you know, because he has a, such a strong omoplata attacks, and from there he starts stacking Matrix, things like this. I think one of his attempts... I, I felt his heel just kicking my rib and it popped in, you know. That was the first time I felt it pop, but obviously during the match, because, you know, your the adrenaline and everything, I, I was able to keep fighting. You know, I was failing, but I was able to keep fighting. But then I, won the, I was able to win the semifinal. And then we had like a few hours until the finals, four or five hours. That's when my body cold. You know, I got cold a little bit, and for the finals, I didn't feel anything until I start a nice takedown Tynan like in the final. I was able to take him down. We end up in close guard, and if you can, if you see the match, he's holding my belt over my back, and I just deadlift him and start standing up like that. That was a huge mistake, you know. I I think I was not experienced enough, uh, you know. I, because I took him down right in the beginning. I heard the whole venue, a whole, whole crowd going crazy. And, and they, that kind of fired me up to keep the action going, you know. And I totally forgot about my rib. So when I stood up, that's when I st- when I felt my rib popping again. You know? And then from there, it just got worse. Like, uh, he was able to sweep me really nice. And then when I got on bottom, my mind was just like, I need to find a way to stay on top because... It's hard to play guard with the injured rib. And then by the time I'm thinking that he's already passing and things like that. And then I tried to give like a, you know, try to recover the guard. But then that's when I think I made my rib worse. And I tried to turn away and then in towards him, things like this. He was really heavy, putting a lot of pressure. I think that's when I actually made the injury worse. But then, yeah, after that match, I had like a month and a half two months almost of PT to recover from my rib injury. You know, a lot of medication, a lot of PT. Uh, and rib injury, there's not much to do, you know, like if it's a broken, it, it doesn't matter if it's a broken rib or just a sprain, like there's not much to do. It's just time, you know, and I never injured my rib before, but you use it more than you think. Yes. <laughs> you definitely. use it more than you think, you know, like it's crazy. For everything, you know, for everything. So it took me a while to recover, but now I'm just glad that it's over and I'm healed. 
one of the other things you've gotten a chance to work on during your time off is you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you took over the kids program at Atos. What yes. has that been like teaching the kids and what are some of your goals for the kids program at such a big and prestigious academy? Yeah, so it's been it's been nice. Like I I've, I've always like been passionate about teaching, you know, always since since I'm like I think the first class I ever taught, I was probably like a blue belt, you know, a, a few years ago already. And like I, like myself, I started training just when I was eight, you know, so today I'm leading the kids program. I feel really happy to be able to impact the next generation, you know, especially in the academy there. Like for me, Jiu-Jitsu changed my life a lot. And obviously I think it's going, it's going to change a lot more of jiu-jitsu and i feel like i have the i have this the same opportunity to do the same with the kids in the academy you know i want maybe most of them will be just training just for fun that's fine but they're they're gonna develop better skills they're gonna be more disciplined you know they're gonna know how to to deal with losses and things like this you know or some of them will be a professional athlete eventually and they're gonna be able to change their life, their family's life through jujitsu, you know. So, I think I just wanna. I know, I know it's a, it's a lot of re responsibility, but I wanna be the bridge between jujitsu and them, you know, so they can eventually work with jujitsu and just, you know, impact other people's life through jujitsu. That's one of my, honestly, my main goal with the kids program right now. Jiu-Jitsu has evolved so much in the past few years, and I think one of the biggest jumps it's made is in the kids' divisions. When you watch the Pan Kids and see some the of these, level's crazy. it's insane. The level's crazy. It's Talk insane. about the level of the kids and how you feel like it's evolved as Jiu-Jitsu has grown. It's crazy because nowadays when I watch a 12-year-old kid competing, like the trains full-time, and then compare myself when I was 12-year-old, <laughs> I have, they, it's not even comparable. It's not even comparable. You know, it's crazy. And that's another thing as well. I started training jiu-jitsu. Like in the beginning, I started training just when I was eight, but it was like once, twice a week. And I kept that pace until I was probably 14 or 15. You know, that's when I, when I was 14 or 15, that's when I started training once a day, Monday to Friday. And I felt like training a lot, you know. Nowadays here, there's kids that they do homeschool and then train three times a day, Monday through Friday. You know, they, some of the kids on my, on my kids' program, they train six hours a day, a day, six hours straight. It, it, it's crazy, and also I feel like nowadays, um, they're starting to be more professional and just, you know, really working towards their craft, whatever they, they choose to do at the, such an early age that that's why it's not comparable. You know, with, if you compare yourself, like if I compare myself when I was 12 years old to, to the kids nowadays that train six hours a day, it, it's not even comparable, you know? it's crazy. And it's fascinating to see the level that they're, they're reaching at such a young age. Can you imagine what the level is going to be like in the adult division in 10 years? It's going to be, it's, it's going to be crazy. out of this world. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> Like if, if nowadays, for example, the lightweight division black belt, uh, we had the final Ty and Mika, right? Like they're the youngest black belt, and they're 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 doing the world's final, you know. And and I believe, in my opinion, I think in five ten years, that's gonna mean every other division, 
you know i think because ty started training when he was three years old right i don't know when mika started training but i'm, I'm pretty sure he started training at a really early age and that's the result you know they're both doing world's final when and then adc adcc finals things like this but just like then started three years old there's a bunch of new kids starting now you know when they're three sometimes two and a half you know and training five times a week six times a week seven times a week you know like many hours a day so i feel like in five ten years we're gonna see a lot of a lot of the the 18 years old you know 17 years old kid dominating the whole thing i think yeah it's going to be incredible i can't wait to see it and congrats on your accomplishments with the kids program that's a really oh, cool thing thank you Danny. thank you so much yeah for sure so do you have any final thoughts you wanted to share on either the gp the absolute gp or your super fight or anything else before we wrapped it up what'd you say sorry did you have any final thoughts you wanted to share either on the absolute grand prix or on your super fight before we head out of here um, not really, no. I'm just really uh, excited for the, my super fight against Mateus, and I just want to thank IBJF for the opportunity to, to to be part of this event, you know. Awesome. Well, thanks, Andy, for joining me. I really appreciate your time. You guys can watch Andy's fight with Mateus Rodriguez on Friday, November 18th, only on Flow Grappling. And remember, the event's brought to you exclusively by Black Armor Kimonos. So thanks again, Andy. Thanks, everyone, for watching. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for listening to the IBJJF podcast. Be sure to head over to IBJJF.com for the latest news and events from the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. We hope you enjoyed the show.